0: Do you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. <laughs> Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Felt are my politics. Felt is my life
1: from the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell.
0: Welcome to Astro Radio Z.
1: fate here by, uh, by trying to record something right now. I, I have (laughs) barely, I have barely gotten off of the lazy boy or out of the bed in two days. (laughs) So if you hear me coughing and wheezing or whatever, that's, that's why, I mean, oh, this is uh, my daughter caught something really bad uh, last week and passed it on and man it's been kicking my butt (laughs) so today we're here to talk about the greasy strangler or the greasy (laughs) strangler something that made quite a stir and i was never able to get around to watching it because it's hard for me to rent a movie on itunes or on amazon for ten dollars it has to be something I really want to watch. <laughs> and uh, seeing how I had heard nothing about uh, The Greasy Strangler, $10 was out of the question if I didn't get a physical copy of it. I'm just one of those old school dudes. I need, if I'm going to spend that much money, I want to keep it, not just rent it. I mean, sure, we go to the theaters and we pay that much to see a movie in the movie theater, but I'm watching it at a movie theater. I'm not watching it at home on it's my for TV. Feet. It's for the experience, so. Exactly. The Greasy Strangler, the Greasy Strangler, which I'm going to call it. It's up on Amazon Prime now for free. So yesterday, in the midst of my fever, I was sweating 100 plus degree fever. I decided to watch the Greasy Strangler. And oh boy, oh boy, (laughs) Mark the Movie Man, Greasy Strangler. Do you want to start this conversation about the Greasy Strangler or do you have, you have anything else you want to get off your chest before we get into this?
2: Uh, no, no, we could, we could dive into the Greasy Strangler. Um, it's a film that, uh, I was glad it was on Amazon prime because the things I heard about it, I was like, I'm not sure I want to pay any type of money for it. Uh, uh, a number of my, uh, film review fans over at we live entertainment they got to see it at a screener and a number of press screeners and such it definitely wasn't their flavor of film
1: uh, i would say that i'd find it hard pressed to find it being the flavor of anyone's kind of film um but there are some weirdos out there that this will definitely appeal to and uh, the greasy strangler if you're not familiar with this is the story of a father and son who live together. Big Ronnie is the dad, and Big Braden is the son, and they run a disco-themed walking location tour in L.A. I'm guessing it's L.A. It's got to be L.A. Um, They walk around. They walk... (laughs) Old people, because I I didn't notice any of the people that they took on these tours were young. They walk around all these old people to various nondescript locations where supposedly disco stars hung out and had a cigarette, or maybe they had um, gotten a taco at a place, and they were leading these people around as shysters. And uh, then on one of the tours, Braden meets. Um, what's her name janet janet and falls in love with her and then a huge fight starts between big ronnie and big Brayden. and in the midst of this there's somebody going around covered in grease strangling people all over la that's basically the the gist of this movie but i'm not telling you I haven't said a single word about the actual stuff that happens in this movie. Uh, Mark, if you were to give like a, some sort of description of this movie, what would it be? What would you like in this film to? Oh
2: man. It's like Napoleon dynamite went to the bathroom <laughs> and, and, and he just, he, got sick and he threw up and he missed the toilet <laughs> and it's just a sloppy messy mess but yet he stands there staring at it with the famous napoleon dynamite look on his face and go whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard to describe but i mean i've seen descriptions of napoleon dynamite and it's close but it's it's
1: I have no idea where you would put this in. I would. Uh, the way that I saw it was, yes, it has that dry sense of humor and uh, sense of uh, surrealness that Napoleon Dynamite has Mix that with like one of the Quentin DePew's movies. I don't know if that's how you say his name. He's the guy who directed Rubber and Wrong yep. Cops. Yep. There you go. Yeah. that Yeah. Exactly. I thought it very much harken to his movies more than napoleon dynamite but definitely i mean Quinton's films harken to napoleon dynamite big time i mm-hmm. mean there's no doubt that that was an influence um and then if you were to mix in a gross out flick those three elements are because the vast majority of this movie is very stilted unrealistic dialogue spoken either by people that are screaming it or by people that um, just kind of, they don't really have conversations as much as they just have things they want to say. There's, it's really strange to, to like describe how people talk in this movie. It's like there's a lot of you if you were to sit and make a drinking game out of the fact that the term bullshit artist gets oh spoken. My God. 50 million times in this movie <laughs> you would be wasted oh, yes bullshit artist and shit artist
2: especially at the uh like uh two-thirds of the way in or whatever when they start having the argument about janet and yeah don't take don't do the shot every time they say shit because you'll be dead of alcohol poisoning Uh, Yeah, there's that one whole
1: scene where it goes on for like five, ten minutes where they just yelling back and forth at each other. Bullshit artist, horseshit artist, bullshit artist. No, you're a bullshit artist. No, you're a horseshit artist. It goes on and on and on. That's like every single scene. It's like each scene is like, okay, well, we got together with the crew today. Let's come up with something stupid and film it.
2: It really felt like they were just shooting us off the cuff. Like, like they kind of had a general idea, but they're just like, well, what are we doing today? Let's do this. Okay. And repetition was a common theme throughout this thing. Not only, uh, you know, uh, the back and forth with Janet uh, between dad and, and uh, Braden, where the, you know, hootie tootie disco cutie. There's a lot of repetition there, but they, <laughs> but they even have that in the credits there's repetition and there's repetition peppered throughout this instances where it's very blatant in, in, you know, I don't know if they were maybe going for, you know, showing monotony and routine or whatnot, but you had the repetition of when the greasy strangler, when he was done doing his thing, he'd go through the car wash. Yeah. And and meet up with his buddy and they had almost the exact same dialogue all the time. I mean, repetition really was I'm not sure what they were trying to go for with it, but it's definitely predominant throughout this film.
1: I think a big key to this film, like trying to decode this, which I don't know if it's necessary to try and decode the greasy strangler, but um, is that it's it's about people that are kind of stuck in time. Mm -hmm. Like Big Big Ronnie is a dude who supposedly back in the day ran a disco club and was some king shit. And uh used to sit and get all the chicks. And then once he had Braden as a son, his wife left him for a dude with six pack abs, supposedly. And this Ricky Prickles, who's the guy who had the six pack abs, uh, started started teasing and molesting Braden. So Braden went and stayed with Big Ronnie, and since then, Braden has made Big Ronnie's life less than pleasurable, supposedly. Up until this point where Big Ronnie is an elderly man with a very humongous pointed schlong.
2: (laughs) And he has no problems with wearing it, uh, showing it wherever he goes, including the world's most inappropriate disco outfit
1: (laughs) ever. (laughs) Okay, I want to I want to discuss the fascination in the world building they had put around genitals in this movie, like every single piece, because there's a lot of nudity in this movie. There's it's very sexually themed, but every single person's genitals that are shown are obviously paper mache and fake. Mm -hmm. Every last person, Big Ronnie has this immensely huge dick. Braden has the tiniest dick on the face of the planet and then um janet she has the biggest bush you will ever see on the face of the earth and uh there was not only the genitals but just the special effects in general are just so over the top and fake and um they just accentuate the, the ridiculousness of the entire situation. Like when big, uh, when the greasy strangler, you know, right off the bat, it's big Ronnie punches a dude in the face and his whole face caves in it. Just everything about this is so ridiculous. What is, what was up with all the, the, the weird genitals in this flick, Mark? What did, what did you think of that?
2: I don't know. I messaged you right in the beginning, this first act, there is so much phallic imagery and I'm not just talking about showing the real people's, uh, uh, you know, the, the their genitals, uh, he's eating sausage and bacon and more sausage. And then Braden goes on his date with Janet and the way he eats the sausage. It's like, there's all this phallic imagery in the beginning. And yeah, the genitals part, uh, you know, and, and the way they talk about genitals and the way uh, Big Ron talks about, uh, you know, how he uh, banged some woman. And, and this is this is what he's saying, folks, bang some woman and and had streams of cum and how he usually shoots about six or seven of them. And then they started nicknaming him the jungle of cum or, or jungle of cum. Or,
1: I'm dying. <laughs>
2: I mean Janet because he he seduces brayden for whatever reason. They the Janet character is is I have no idea what really motivates her to go with with Dad. But God, though there was a kind of humorous joke in, in that they they led the sleazy angle. They're they're having dinner and this is when she was with Braden and the. Uh, oh no! Not with Brayden. When she, he was just with her, and he mentions how he makes his own olive, his, his, he makes olive oil extra virgin. And you're like, okay, what's the innuendo in that there? But later on, you actually see he's got, an, <laughs> he's got a machine in his bedroom where he
1: makes his own olive oil. Oh my just, god! There it, was so much. The food was it was genitals, food. And, um, and there and dancing and dancing. Those, yeah. those seem to be the three themes of this flick. And I, I really think you do yourself a huge disservice to sit and really ruminate too much on any of this. I think this is just supposed to be a surrealist comedy.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I got that impression right away with the money, you know, at first I thought, he was giving it to the blind guy to fool him because it's basically a piece of paper with magic marker, $10. (laughs) and this line drawing of like (laughs) or whatever on their face or benjamin franklin but later on he goes to the to the hot dog vendor and he he wants the extra greasy hot dog which he just dips this thing in this
1: oh my god so gross
2: it is so gross but he pays him with again three Dollars, which is like construction paper with
1: marker yeah no it lo- literally looked like one of my kids had drawn uh, had drawn on the on paper and decided to give that as money yeah
2: you know and so that once i saw it the second time it kind of reinforced it to where this is like as you mentioned earlier uh you know rubber as in you know the, this surreal world where this is this is not meant real world though this is just this some alternative universe uh where you know you've got this strangler going around covered in grease and uh yeah and people who are completely oblivious to the
1: most obvious
2: clues
1: oh it it reminded me like human interaction reminded me of Eraserhead. Mm -hmm. it was just this movie at first i didn't know what to think of it Cause I think it's a lot to take in because it, it is so surrealist. It is so off putting in its grossness. I mean, you have to get beyond the fact that you're going to see a naked old dude like through 60% of this movie.
2: <laughs> when you're not it's seeing like his son naked or
1: Janet naked, it's everyone gets naked in this movie. <laughs> Everybody, Everyone gets naked. I mean, it starts off with them in Uh, Just little speedo underwear, having talks about farts and calling each other bullshit artists. I mean, like I said, everyone's a bullshit artist in this movie. And I think that's kind of a theme is that you're just like, this isn't the real world. They he just wants to hand you something different out of the norm, something uncomfortable, something that's that is funny once you finally kind of let go of the fact that this is definitely not supposed to be taken seriously. And it shows how ridiculous everything in it is down from the sex, which gets more and more gratuitous as the movie goes along. Did you notice how in the beginning, even though it was gross, like everything was still really gross as the movie went along, it just got more and more gross. Like it, it was building like the sex started off small. Mm-hmm. The nudity started off small. And then as each scene went along, they kept pushing it more and more and more until the, f- the point where Braden is basically fisting Janet yeah. on it. It just like, what the fuck is going on in this <laughs> thing? I, I, I
2: couldn't <sighs> really, I, I stopped trying to figure out exactly what was going on and just kind of sit and experience it because like you said, you, you can't really dwell on anything in it, but yeah, things did start to increase further. They revealed more, they showed more things, got more graphic, more intense, which I'm not, sh- that's digging way too deep. I had a thought, but that would be way too deep. I think. For okay. This go film. ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Uh, let it, go. It, it. I think it, it's to show the, how Braden grows up or becomes closer and closer like his dad, because the way the ending goes, I was thinking maybe this is all leading was trying to lead up to that from somewhat of the perspective of Braden. Maybe this whole story is being told from
1: the brain of of Braden, like one of his stories that he writes,
2: yeah, yeah, because, well, I mean, for instance, his dad. Shows up three different times in this film, not as his dad, and at one of the times we see that, or at least twice, uh, one we see a costume change. But before that,
1: oh my god, that one costume change is the 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 PI, yeah, almost killed me. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny.
2: But before that, he actually was the lady, the female landlord as well, who shows them to Oinker's apartment. That's him in
1: drag i didn't even notice i didn't even notice
2: yep because i looked at him going wait what and i swear that was his dad in drag because i'm like (laughs) this is dad coming through here but they played off you know and he's got his friend oinker who has no nose uh and wears this Oh, that
1: scene was really gross too right
2: um but maybe it's maybe that's what it is this is a window into Braden's head. And maybe there was a killer out there, the greasy strangler. and this is what he is kind of imagining. But again, maybe that's getting too deeper heady for it. I, I really think they just had a bunch of crazy idea in the surreal world and just just wanted to do something like take off the hinges and just blow the doorway and just do whatever <laughs> because
1: yeah, I have a feeling that's more the case that that they wanted to make a surrealist movie where they could just get together with some people and just make some crazy ass shit. And if you're in for that kind of stuff, I mean, turn the brain off and just go along for the ride because this is, this kind of reminds me somewhat of some early John waters where the, most of the dialogue is just yelled. Mm -hmm. Most of the dialogue doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. And it's gross for the sake of being gross. Um, and it doesn't really exist in any reality but its own. And uh, by the, the end of the movie, the last act of the film, where oh, all man. of a sudden Brayden and Big Ronnie are both greasy stranglers, <laughs> I had no fucking idea what was going on in this movie.
2: Oh, I mean, I'm the not- end
1: made no sense to me. I'm not the only one,
2: because I'm, I'm like... Okay, so far, I'm kind of following it. I'm kind of following it. Okay, dad's a greasy strangler. He he kidnaps Janet. Brayden's going to go crazy. He's going to become, okay, we're going to have greasy strangler on greasy stranger action. And then we don't.
1: No, then, then they a- kill Janet. Her eyes pop out like the one uh, hot dog vendor guy whose eyes popped out when he strangled them. And then they decide to eat the eyeballs. And then become closer yeah the be rose before hose is that kind of what <laughs> just happened <laughs> it makes you feel
2: like that and it made absolutely no sense with the setup of the rest of the film because that you know and i know maybe they were trying to you know chuck expectations but the way they set everything else up you thought it was going to be you know strangler versus strangler and then he becomes the new greasy strangler maybe but no, they have a father-son bonding moment, and then they they go out into the woods and they see
1: themselves get <laughs> shot by a bunch of other old dudes like they like they had been caught and quartered and just and, and put against the firing squad. The, the,
2: the last 10 minutes, the last 10-15 minutes <laughs> of the film. I, you know, I'm all for abstract and all of that, but even I was just sitting there going what the
0: ever living fuck
1: (laughs) yeah no no i mean the film just ends it just ends and uh i don't know i i I don't know all i know is i enjoyed it i thought i i laughed quite a bit i liked the fact that the score was all casio keyboard (laughs) Super cheese dick. It, it rem- that's what reminded me the most of um Napoleon Dynamite What's the mm-hmm. score because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it kind of had that Casio keyboard that some of the stuff in Napoleon Dynamite had. Yeah. Um, but it is, I can see how people would hate this movie. Oh, easily, easily. This is this is
2: select. Taste, and I'm not even talking about your average indie fest goer. This is this, this film's for those who really are on the search for something just completely out there that. You can't really put into context your turn. It's its own thing. You got to give it props for that. It is definitely its
1: own thing. Okay. So I got to ask you, because this got brought up, because I I made mention yesterday in the group that we were watching this, and it got brought up by Dustin that he thought, and along with another bud of mine that I had met at a film festival, Jason Kaufman, uh, that they thought this movie was mean-spirited. Do you think this movie was mean spirited?
2: I'm no, in all honesty. I, d- I didn't understand I, that either. I
1: didn't think any of it was mean spirited.
2: I, I mean, while watching it, I because I had seen the comments and I, I was trying to see where maybe this was mean spirited because as odd as all the characters are in this film, as as grimy or slimy or you know not Hollywood definitely these individuals are I never really got that it was poking fun at
1: them as and much at as, them as people because they weren't really people to begin with
2: right I, I I just I I never I didn't feel like it was because these these are people that you know the the amount of grease that, that the dad consumes no one no one no one would consist a diet where they could take their hot dog, completely dump it in a vat of cooking (sighs) used cooking grease and eat it and think it was, you know, these. that had to be one of the grossest
1: scenes in the entire. Oh
2: my God. And he does it like twice. Um, All that grease was just disgusting.
1: Oh, just so gross.
2: You know, I, I, I can see possibly if you took it as if they were, trying to be in the real world, but this is not in a real world at all. These no. are not real characters and real people. These are just odd characters and they aren't really trying to portray a metaphor or a representation of a real person.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that was the, uh, the difference in opinion was that I think some people thought that the director was taking advantage of these people and getting these performances out of them and making fun of them as people, and I don't believe that for a second. I, I think everyone was in on this. This felt so much like a John Waters movie, mm-hmm. like an early John Waters movie, in the way that it was um, it was acted. I mean, alone, everyone in this movie could have just jumped into like main, uh, multiple maniacs or or into desperate living and would have been right at home. I mean, they all acted that way. And and in that way, I don't feel that any of them were were taken advantage of. So I don't feel that this movie was mean spirited in any way. I don't think they were trying to exploit anybody in this movie. Um, Obviously, they all of the genitals were all fake. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they were just having people be naked to say, oh, look at how gross this is. It's a naked old guy or look at how gross this is. This is a a bigger lady that's naked or look at how gross this is. You know, just anything in this. I don't think that's what the point of the gross out factor was. I think the, the, the point of the gross out factor was to push buttons to see how far you'd be willing to go. Mm hmm. With this movie, and that's kind of the point with the vast majority of early John Waters stuff is that that he is pointing at things and saying, "Ooh, this is different. Isn't this gross? No, he knows that you have preconceived um, problems with certain things in society, and he's putting a spotlight on them and saying, you don't want to see this, but I'm going to show you this. Mm hmm. And this is what's going to bother you because he knows he can. And I think that's a lot of the shit in here. The greasy strangler, or the greasy strangler is that kind of gross out is that these are things we have problems with in our society is food and sex mm-hmm. and age and body type. These are things that that bother most people in our society. And this is kind of like a spotlight of let's take those um, those things that we are afraid of or we are grossed or squicked out by and turn them on their head and punch them up to 11.
2: Right. And, and it's one of those things where it's one of those films where obviously not only uh, amongst, you know, uh, Friends, but also just among viewing community in general, there's some people who really dig this film and there's others that thought it was the worst film. And, you know, they're all watching the same film. And I think it's either expectation or what you get out of it or what you focus on in this film, in all honesty, I, what what grabs you as an individual.
1: I think it's the baggage you bring into it I a, a that, little bit. Yeah. I, I think that's say. what's going to determine whether or not, you, you walk out the other side uh, of this movie, either hating it or like it, this is not going to be a middle ground kind of movie. Mm-mm, mm, no, this and is- that's why I liken it to a lot of early John waters is that you're either going to bring in your own baggage and find it offensive, or you're just going to turn it all off and kind of go for the ride.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a ride. Uh, and, and it is surreal. I mean, it's, falls in its own category and and surreal you want an idea of surreal cinema this is one of those films Uh, and it's supposed to make you feel awkward you're you're supposed to feel uncomfortable you're supposed to feel awkward in this film uh, because they're presenting things that you're just going oh if you don't go oh my god at least one point during this film then you may need to seek some professional help
1: Yeah, Uh, then you're a a real fucking weirdo (laughs) at that point. There's something in this movie that's going to squick out somebody. And I think that's kind of the point of it, you know.
2: I mean, for me, I was watching it and I was taking a a drink of my my beverage. I just finished lunch and I actually stopped mid drink when they got to the spotlight scene where the old man dancing in his in his in this I call it the most inappropriate disco suit ever because it's this kind of what like crushed velvet or something disco suit type yes. thing. And it's got the crotch cu-
1: cut out. <laughs> it's not cut out. It's lace. Oh, it's, it's like gold it? lace over top of the crotch and there's no fabric. It's see-through. So oh, see through. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. So you see Big Ronnie's humongous schwants through Ooh. the fabric. Along along his leg, and he starts this dance.
2: And the spotlight just comes out of nowhere, and he starts dancing.
1: I'm just, Which I just stopped. pelvic thrusts.
2: Yeah, and he's he's walking down the road with the spotlight, and that's where I stopped. And I that was the moment for me that just went,
1: wow. <laughs> There's just some things you're never going to unsee. No. There's so many of those instances in this movie. You might as well just give up. You might as well give up. So if you're you're an adventurous film fan that likes that, that can stomach things uh, and not get offended by certain things, the greasy strangler is going to be for you. If you can't handle early era, John Waters, do not watch the greasy strangler because i honestly think this is right along the lines of those early john waters flicks this is right along the lines of a pink flamingos or a desperate living or a multiple maniacs this is definitely one of those flicks but it's more not from the 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 gritty grimy Area that John Waters' early stuff was, it's like I said, it it, it comes from a slicker place, more like the Quentin DePue movies. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Is that how you say his I, name? I think that's how you say his name. I'm not sure. Okay, um, But it's more along the lines of those movies, which those movies are really divisive as well. I'm not a huge fan of those flicks, mm-hmm. but I thought Wrong Cops was kind of fun. It wasn't I, too bad and i dug
2: rubber personally i i really dug rubber i got into it but i know many people who just just hate that film
1: yeah i was and, one of those people
2: yeah you know and and that's fine and this just like greasy strangler too you know we all see something different for some reason rubber just struck a, a real chord with me and i i just dug it and you know this but i can definitely see where people would piss people off <laughs> you know i i'm fully aware of that and it's just like greasy strangler i'm fully aware of how it would piss people off and people would just hate it uh because you know this is one of those cases where it's an indie film and they're not making it for everyone
1: <gasps> nope you they know they are making the movie they want to make and there's nope. There's been a few of those movies that have come out this year that sometimes they hit me and sometimes they don't. I think Anti-Birth was another one of those movies. Did you see that one? I don't think I've seen that one yet. After Birth is just one of those movies where it's also kind of a fly on the wall, just where things are just going to happen. And then it culminates into this super gonzo out of left field ending that I like the ending, but the rest of the movie just didn't hit me um there's uh, there's a few of these movies that come out every year or every other year you know but uh greasy strangler i it's gonna be for select taste it's up for free now on amazon so i don't see why anyone wouldn't go and try and check it out
2: any any film that makes the
1: thingy feel like a normal film <laughs> oh that's i don't think i still think the thingy is far stranger than the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> no. No, I'll, I'll agree, yeah, that one's really out of left field. Oh, uh, man, I love the thing. You, thank you for reminding me about that. I might watch that again today.
2: That's one that I've watched actually multiple times. I, I have. I, I I dig that one. St- Greasy Strangler, on the other hand, I'm not sure if I could watch uh, another time. Maybe with uh, someone who hasn't seen it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. I'll, I, I kept it on my list on Amazon because I have a feeling I'm going to watch it a couple more times just because I just... I had no fucking clue what that movie was like by the time I was done with it. I mean, it could be because I've, I've been sick the last few days. I didn't laugh a whole lot, but I thought it was funny. And usually I have a pretty strict rule where it's not funny if you don't laugh. Right. But I could, I, I I was so drained. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have those colds where you're just like in between cold sweats and sleeping, That's where I've been. And I don't know if maybe it's just the Greasy Strangler wasn't the greatest movie to be watching in this state of mind. (laughs) Um, But I I was like, okay, that just passed over my eyes. I'm going to keep this on the list because I have a feeling I'm going to find this really funny at some point with somebody who's going to be very uncomfortable watching this. So uh, I'm going to keep it on the list. I'll watch it again.
2: Yeah, like you said, if I... I don't know if I just randomly watch it myself, but I think if uh, you know, I find someone who might be open to watching it. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll talk to Dawn. <laughs> who is that? Yeah. Who is that
1: going to be, Mark? I'd love to know who <laughs> this person's going to be. You're talking about might be Dawn. I'll see if I can talk her. into. Is it. that Dawn's kind of thing? She
2: likes, she likes independent and different films. I'm not sure if she, this or not but i'm gonna see if i can talk her into watching it <laughs> then she oh might hate me
1: God. for the rest of my life <laughs> i i'm telling you man this is going to be one of those movies where where if you just know somebody that gets squicked out by stuff easily and you you show them this i think i think it works better if you watch it with her
2: Oh, yeah. No, I I, I I, would. I wouldn't do that. To, I wouldn't someone say, hey, you, why don't you watch this? And we'll talk. No, no, I would. I would sit down and watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you want all of your listeners to go away and your viewers on your YouTube page to go away, do a review where you you say this is the greatest movie that came out. <laughs>
2: Uh, i was thinking of doing a review for it and i was like hey you know dude. what ah forget la la land forget arrival greasy stranglers it's yeah that. dude
1: i tell you hey if, if you're a listener of astro radio z the greasy stranglers right up your alley i mean it should be a no-brainer that's why we're talking about it there sure. let's go ahead and let's Let's end this up here, Mark. I'm going to go back to laying on the couch.
2: Sounds good. Well, I appreciate this therapy session because I literally just before we recorded it, Ted finished 10 minutes before we started recording. So it was really fresh in my mind and I kind of wanted to slide it out of my mind. so.
1: So you did you not like it? No, I dug it. I guess I didn't I didn't quite I didn't quite get I mean you said you'd never watched again, but I didn't well, understand if you I, liked it or but, not.
2: But you know, voluntarily. It's not a bad film. There's other films that I've really enjoyed that I probably just wouldn't watch on my own. One, because I have so much to watch, but two, it's it's one of those where I, I would really want to kind of share the experience. But no, I dug it for its quirkiness, its originality. Uh once I got what they were really going for with it, I just sat back and realized why people were hating it but at the same time i was digging it just because it was just it was just wild it was completely different and you know i I like seeing something different even if it's a bad different i like seeing people take chances i like people doing something different with film rather than trying to make something that they think is going to get them (sighs) Money. (laughs) You know, know, I I I'm all for films taking chances like that or or doing something, you know, just completely off the wall. Uh, even if it isn't always my taste, just because of fact, at least you know people are out there still trying to do something different and not trying to just make something that's going to be marketable.
1: Right. Well, this got out there. This got out there very widely. (laughs) So it's 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 surprising, but all right, Mark. Thanks for coming on again. You want to say anything to the peoples?
2: Uh, Yeah, support your local Astro Radio Z. There you go.
0: Astro Radio Z.
1: Well, that's going to be it today for episode 154 of Astro Radio Z. Yeah, I know. It's a short but sweet one. As you could tell, I was a little under the weather this episode. Still am under the weather. Your boy got the cooties over the last month. Yeah, the COVID happened. And uh, a lot of people surrounding in the Astro Radio Z family also you know, came into contact with this. And we've all been kind of under the weather and a little busy so this month the episode's a bit shorter than normal so i appreciate you guys sticking around hopefully you enjoyed this one uh next month we're going to be talking about something that's a little more out of the norm for astro radio z which is going to be something going forward that's going to be more the case as I had kind of alluded to more on my Patreon than I did here, and yes, the Patreon is still alive. It's going to be coming back in March. So if you were a member of the Patreon you want to get back into it, go back over to patreon.com forward slash astroradioz and check out the new tier system. Worst Movies Ever is dominating that Patreon feed. So if you enjoyed that podcast, you're in luck. But anyways, I I had talked about uh, this a while back, either on the Patreon or here, I forget which, it's been so long, that I am kind of moving away on this podcast from doing a bunch of Negative Nancy episodes. You know, the episodes where you guys hear me sit and rant and rave about shitty ass movies and how much they suck and blah, 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 blah. I'd like Astro Radio Z to be more about stuff that we celebrate and that we like. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to not really be into a lot of the horror or horror at all that has been coming out or that's come, you know, in front of me on the streaming services or just in general. And I don't know what it is. I just my brain is starting to tune away from that. So next episode next month. You're going to be hearing an episode where we watch the surrealist comedy, Greener Grass. If you haven't seen Greener Grass, go to Hulu. That's where it was, where we saw it. And please, I implore you to check this movie out before we jump into this episode. Because it is, hands down, one of the wildest, strangest, and most damning films I have ever seen about the Caucasian experience in America. If you want to feel attacked, watch Greener Grass. Insanely funny and insanely triggering film if you live in the suburbs. So that's what we got coming forward to us next month. And I hope you guys are staying healthy and staying safe and all that good jazz we always say at the end of these episodes Uh, because nobody is unaffected by this virus at this point now. I mean, I've had it. It sucked. I'm still feeling the repercussions of this virus. I still get extremely tired and have a cough. And it... I get sick over everything now. It fucking sucks. So I hope you guys are staying away from that. And if you have been touched by it, that it's not giving you any lingering effects and that you guys are doing well. So until next month, please take care of yourselves. And I hope to hear from you and see you later. Bye.